Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, step right up. Hurry, hurry, hurry. we got an amazing guest moments away. Plus, so we will have the folks from Davy Tree, Eric Countryman, just in a little bit. But in the meantime, let me begin this edition of The Organic Gardener by saying if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you're going to win a $25 gift certificate from the Sorgals out there at Sorgals in Wexford. So the 10th caller wins it. And now to kick off the show, here is the star of The Organic Gardener, Mr. Doug Oster. Hi, Doug. Good morning. And what a beautiful sunrise today followed me in. It was wonderful. And yes, we have a very, uh, very great guest uh, just in a minute. Stephen Scaniello is the curator of the Peggy... Rockefeller Rose Garden. He's going to talk about a free rose masterclass that he's holding at the Remember Me Rose Garden. We'll talk a, a lot about that garden. It's an amazing garden. And yes, later on, we're going to talk to Eric Countryman from the Davy Tree Expert Company for Talking Trees. Real quick, before we get to our first guest, I'm going to be at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse today at 1 p.m. presenting Spring Planting Secrets, starting for early garden success. I love Bedner's. It is such a cool place. 80% of what they sell, they grow right there at their own greenhouses. And I've got a bunch of cool garden books to give away. And 10 seats have opened up for my second trip to Italy. We're going to see Florence, Pisa, and then tour the beautiful little hill towns of Italy. It is going to be amazing. Next October, check out DougOster.com for all the information on what I'm doing today and what I'm doing in October in Italy. And so now it's time for... Our guest, the Remember Me, Remember Me Rose Garden is near Shanksville, and it honors the heroes of Flight 93. It's right across the street from the entrance to the Flight 93 Memorial. I've been covering that garden since 2009. It is uh, an amazing place. Uh, as I said, Stephen Scaniello is curator of the Peggy Rockefeller Rose Garden at the New York Botanical Garden and is teaching a free rose masterclass next Saturday at that Remember Me Rose Garden, which is in Stoystown. Good morning, Stephen. Thank you for getting up so early. Good morning, Doug, and, and thank you for having me on KDKA. So tell me, how did you, somebody from New York, how did you get hooked up with the garden? Well, it, it was through Julie Andrews, the, Julie Andrews the Rose. I had um, helped Julie um, several years ago to find a rose that she would like for her name, and um there were a whole bunch of them in southern New Jersey after, after you know she decided on the rose she liked, and the owner of the nursery, Hopewell Nurseries in southern New Jersey, sent I think 450 Julie Andrews roses to the Remember Me Rose Garden site because he had heard that they were looking for for assistance, and um, when they got these roses, they weren't quite sure what to do with them, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, so they reached out to me, and um, it's been a great relationship ever since. 
Tell me a little bit about the garden, because uh, I just think it is an amazing project, and I've got a chance to meet uh, Clay McAmeyer and Bill Sank out there, and it's uh, quite an important uh, place. It really is. It's it, it's hard to not get emotional when you're out there looking at the uh, the beauty of this garden, and and the roses, the Julie Andrews roses are doing so beautifully well, so well. Um, actually better than some of my gardens here on the east on the east coast but um it's an amazing project it completely run by volunteers and um out volunteer and amateur gardeners at the same time and um which has been a, they've been a delight to work with they continue to be a delight to work with and the, the julie andrews roses were fantastic last year and we're adding, I think, 350 more roses of various types this season. Wow. And so tell us a little bit about the class you're going to be teaching there, uh, some of those details. A free rose care master class from an, <laughs> from a, an expert. You know, I'll tell you what, you guys Google Stephen, and boy, uh, Stephen, you've been around. You've uh, worked with a lot of famous people and uh, are, you know, world-renowned rosarian. Tell me about the class next Saturday. Well, it's something that I love to do, and that's to teach. I love to teach people how to grow roses properly. And um, so we're going to have a small presentation via PowerPoint first thing in the morning on Saturday, and then we will follow with a hands-on how to how to plant these roses that we're going to see in the garden. And we talk about the natural organic control, you know, organic methods that it's important. And by the way, this garden essentially is um, a spray free garden. And um, it's, um, it'll be a really good experience if you can be there to, to learn and perhaps even take home a couple of new rose bushes. And so talk about these Julie Andrews roses. Um, that's very interesting. You know, when you're choosing a rose that has an, a, a name like that, it has to be something that's going to be fantastic. Talk about the process of finding that. And what does that rose look like when it's blooming? It's a, it's a really beautiful rose. I would say to describe it best is to say it's a blend of um, sunset colors, maybe sunrise colors. But no, sunset colors. And um, I was actually... I had spoken with Julie about getting her a rose, and she was all for it. And um, I was in a field in Arizona outside of Phoenix where they were growing thousands and thousands of roses and thousands without names. They were being held in this place until they could figure out what to do with them. And the owner of the field saw me observing this one long line of pinkish roses, and he said, that's a that's one that's ready for renaming. And I took a picture of it and I sent it immediately to Julie and she sent back a note saying lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, that began our relationship with the rose and, um, it's been quite successful. Uh, you can find it actually in your local home Depot, probably the nursery that's mass producing it in Texas ships out to home Depot stores in the East coast. And I assume I assume it has to be a tough rose, uh, you know, because you you want it to you want it to thrive. And uh, you know, I'm just just so excited that you're working with the Remember Me Rose Garden because it's been a long journey 
you know, they were hit with Rose Rosette early on, and yeah. it's 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 so beautiful. And I think one of the amazing things about that garden is that it's on the flight path, and when you're in an airplane and you're looking down on it, you you can see this amazing design of that garden. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can, before I let you go, don't give away all your secrets because I want people to come to your master class. <laughs> well, but, but what would be the one of the things that you would tell a, a homeowner this time of the year if if they have roses? What sh- what should they be doing? Is there one thing that that might help them uh, make their roses thrive? Sure. If if they actually have roses in the ground already, then they should be pruning, and um, we'll we'll go over how to prune a planted rose. And then they need to follow up with a fertilizing program. And I recommend a small amount of Epsom salt scattered around the base of the plant and then some rose tone. All right. That's great advice. Now, next Saturday, you can see Stephen Scaniolo. He is the curator of the Peggy Rockefeller Rose Garden at the New York Botanical Garden. He is a star of roses, and he's giving a free class, uh, and it's out the— right across from the entrance to the Flight 93 Memorial. This garden is important, has a great, uh, great history, and uh, that's something you guys should see. Thank you again for getting up so early, too, Stephen. No problem. I just wanted to mention that we're going to have some really unusual roses. Mm. In fact, one that was discovered by a laundry line in um, Carroll County. Carolyn County, is that right? North of Pittsburgh? What are you thinking, Rob? What what county would that be? One more time. What was it, Steve? Carrollton County, maybe? Car- Caroline Car- or? Crawford County? Maybe no. Crawford County. Mm, gee, I'm sorry. I, I should have looked that up. But it's a rose. We're calling it Ethel Young's White. Mm. And it's a rose that is probably the ancient uh, medieval Rosa Alba. And all very cold hardy. All right. That sounds good. All the information is at DougOster.com, how you can register to, for that free Rose Master class. All right, Doug. Thanks. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Take your phone calls next, 866-391-1020. All right. With Eric Countryman waiting in the wings, I suggest you start calling right now if you have some gardening questions. Spring has sprung. The weather's beautiful. You're going to get out there digging in the dirt. Maybe today, later this week, you need all those questions answered. So go to your phone and dial right now. 866-391-1020. 866-391-1020. Let's say hi to Jeanette North Hills on KDKA. How are you? Good morning. Uh, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I have about two questions. I have. I need something to plant in front of my front porch that gets full sun uh, all day, and I want to know what corn gluten does for your lawn. Okay, good. Uh, well, first off, full sun like that. Or do you have deer? Yes. And do they come to the front of the house? Will they eat something? Yes. So my one of my suggestions would be a salvia. Uh, salvia is from the sage family. It can be either— Well, I need something— Tall, or you know, like a bush. Okay, not, deer resistant, a, full sun. A, yeah, and what? I, I had, I had two azalea plants in there, and they both died. Yeah, that's a tough spot for them. Take a look at one called uh, potentella, potentella. They call it the buttercup bush. Uh, how tall you want it to get? Uh, you know, maybe uh, no higher than maybe uh, two feet. Hmm. Now, that's going to be tough from a shrub point point of view. Uh, you want something that flowers, or can it be evergreen? Um, 
I like flowers, but it could be evergreen. Yeah, the I only think. thing that the only thing that I can think of that's going to be so close to the ground uh, is going to be something from the juniper family, which would be an well, e- three. Uh, it could be three feet. You know, it 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 could it it'd be all right. It all might right. be better if it was three feet. Okay. Well, there's a lot of choices there for full sun. Uh, you could have one of you know the, the positive for you is that the trend in plants is to have smaller plants out there. Mm-hmm. So, well, the only thing I'm thinking about with deer is there's one called Wajila uh, that blooms in May, and there are some smaller varieties. Spirea would be another choice. You know, actually, Spirea might be the one where you could find one that's smaller. And Spirea can be lots of different colored foliage along with some nice flowers. Take a look. If Just go... Uh, Online and search Spirea. It's S P I R E A. The old fashioned type, they would call them like a bridal wreath or something like that. So let's talk a little bit about corn gluten. And we're 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 kind of getting to the point on the lawn where it's getting too late for the corn gluten. You might be able to get away with it, but how corn gluten works, it's a natural weed preventer and it's it's benign to us. It's safe for us. You can hold it in your hands and it will not negatively affect you in any way. And could even ingest it. It is a byproduct of the corn milling process, and it's a granular thing. And when you put it down, it stops any seeds from completing the germination process. What happens is the seed germinates, and the corn gluten's there, and then that dries it out. Uh, and so we have to put that on before the crabgrass sprouts, and the crabgrass is going to sprout pretty soon. And so we need to get that on right away. Another suggestion here, Paul Danik just, uh, this is a great idea. Paul Danik just sent me a message. Boxwood is another one, another short plant that you could put in the front there. And so we use that corn gluten for all sorts of different things, though. We'll do it on the lawn for the crabgrass, but we can also use it in the vegetable garden. I talked a lot about it last week where once your seeds are up, then you can put on the corn gluten. So that should help you out. Thanks for your call. All right, here's Bill up next for Doug on the Organic Gardener, KDK Radio. Hey, Bill, good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, I was wanted to know about Epsom salt. What, uh, what it's good for, and uh, what vegetables, like in the garden, should you put it on? You know, uh, that's controversial. You heard Stephen talk about putting uh, some Epsom yeah. salts on the rose. Well, he's a rose expert, but for vegetables, you know, gar- people that have gardened for a long time, they they like to put in like one tablespoon of Epsom salts for their peppers, but when we look at the science on Epsom salts, the salt part of it is a negative. So if yeah. I hear if I hear somebody tell me like, "Oh, every year I put Epsom salts in," I'm not going to bust them and say, "Oh, no, you shouldn't do that." But if it's a new if it's a new gardener, I tell them you're better. And there's other there's other micronutrients in there, but it, it takes a long time for them to become available. So yeah. so if you had a, a a tradition of using it, no problem. But in general, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, for the garden, because science tells us those salts are a negative. All right, 866-391-1020. we got about two minutes before the break, Doug. I'm going to be today at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse. That's down off the Bridgeville, Exit of 79, presenting Spring Planting Secrets, starting early for garden success. Come on out and see me. We have so much fun, and I've got all these brand-new cool gardening books i got to get rid of. i got to get them out of my office. <laughs> I judge a contest, and they send you 50 books a, a year. And then also I just wanted to talk real quick. Uh, my travel guy was able to open up this. Both these Tuscany trips were sold off, 
sold out, but I got 10 seats open. And so you get lots of time to think about it. It's the cheapest I've ever went to Europe. Uh, we're going to see Florence, Pisa, tour these beautiful little towns. It's just going to be amazing. Go to DougOster.com. But I want to rant a little bit about violets. <laughs> I'm getting lots of questions about violets in the yard. And I have to tell you, uh, we always say this every year, love your violets. Now, I looked it up online. I wanted to see how many different butterflies use violets as their host plant. So when you're growing milkweed, that's the host plant for monarchs. But violets are the host plant for 14 species of a thing called greater fritillaries, fritillaries, butterflies, and then 16 of the lesser variety of fritillaries. So they use it where they lay their eggs, and some of these uh, butterflies are endangered or under stress. They lay their eggs when the larvae come out. They eat the violets, and then they uh, spin a uh, chrysalis, and the butterfly lives again. So what are you laughing at over there? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It's the, the, it's the life cycle of the butterfly, It's just so Rob. nice to see somebody turn into me. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I love, I, you know, I love my violets, and, and they're great for the pollinators and they speak very highly of you too <laughs> all right we're gonna come back tell them what's coming up uh, we're gonna talk with eric countryman from the davy tree expert company all about tree planting and arbor day hey don't miss dead end company on their summer 2023 tour the final tour coming to the pavilion at star lake in burgestown monday june 5th for your chance to win a pair of tickets to the show all you have to do is log in search and listen to kdk on the free odyssey app or stream us online. For every hour you're logged in and listening, you will get one entry into the contest. Only have a few minutes to spare? No worries. Every minute you listen will add up until you hit the hour mark. The more you listen, the more chances you have to win. Get all the exciting details at kdkradio.com by clicking the contest tab at the top of the page. Pro tip, make sure you are signed into your account to get entered. And don't forget, Larry and Marty looking for some hometown heroes. If you know someone doing extraordinary things in your community, they want to know about it. Nominations are now open at kdkradio.com. Larry and Marty's hometown heroes, 100.1 FM and AM 1020 KDKA. We're joined by Eric Countryman from Davey Tree. And Eric, before we start talking about Arbor Day and how to plant a tree, the question that's on everybody's mind is that cold spell we had in December and what it did to trees and shrubs. What have you seen out there? Yeah, well, I've, I think we've seen a lot of uh, basically winter burn, winter damage, um, especially things like English ivy and some other uh, maybe uh, plants that are for uh, more warmer, lower zones mm -hmm. uh, definitely got shocked pretty hard. So what's happening is as they're waking up here in the spring, they're starting to bring, you know, moisture up. They're starting to push leaves, but really they they just got burned. And so that a lot, a lot of things are coming out brown or just not pushing quite as well as they should be. Um, generally, my thing is give it time, give it some rain and some sunshine and see how things turn around. Sometimes a little light pruning or a little raking out of the, the you know, the dead ivy can get things really springing back. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's the prognosis I've heard. So uh, it seems to be the question I get every day. And, you know, ivy, uh, all sorts of different shrubs. I, I grow one called caria, and it, man, I've never seen it look this bad before. But I did see some new growth where normally it would be blooming this time of year. But I'm just glad that it's still alive. 
So uh, from your perspective, uh, with your whole life revolving around trees, what does Arbor Day mean for you? Is it a big deal? Or is every day Arbor Day for you? Every day is pretty much Arbor Day for me, <laughs> frankly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, focusing on planting trees is a good thing. I think they help uh, improve neighborhoods. I think they improve your property. Who doesn't like a bit of shade on a sunny afternoon? Um, they help clean the air quality. I think they just trees bring quite a lot to our environment. And if you've ever been somewhere where either, you know, like the middle of the prairie where they can't grow trees or, the, mm-hmm. you know, a city where there's just nothing, it's all been either cut down or there's just nothing ever grew concrete wasteland uh, i find uh you know trees in a you know in a yard in a park just a whole lot more comforting so first thing talk about right tree right place because i'm sure it drives you crazy because it drives me crazy when i see them planted too close to something and i know that in five years oh somebody's gonna have to cut that thing down because it's going to be too big for a normal person to move yeah, it's um, it's important when you're buying a tree or thinking about what to plant that you look at what its maturity growth is going to be, um, and do you know pull out the tape measure and make sure you've got enough space. The other thing that really bothers me is uh, planting the wrong tree under power lines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're going to get hacked to pieces by the power company. There's just they have to keep the lights on. And now there are, you can pick small species that aren't going to get as high. You can plant your maple tree 30 feet from the house instead of right at the corner. That's going to, you know, need to be constantly pruned. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, you're right. I, I think picking the right place and the right tree is important, but you got you to gotta look it up. And if you're not sure, you know, ask an arborist. In general, now we find the right tree, we find the right place in general, a bigger tree or a smaller tree to start off with, or does it matter? I'm a believer that middle of the road is is good. I'm, I I don't love planting little like whips of trees, little mm-hmm. you know half inch stalks because it just takes forever, and so the payoff doesn't feel quite as nice. But the but every inch of diameter of the tree, which is how we measure trees, is by the diameter of their trunks, is a basically a year of transplant stress it's going to go through. So if you plant a two-inch tree, it'll be two years before it really takes off and thrives. If you plant a six-inch tree, which is great, they're big, they're huge, it's going to take six years mm. for that thing to really root in and grow and really start to thrive. So I think there's more payoff in and and you know budget constraints there with the with like a two-inch caliper, you know, which is diameter uh, tree speak there, uh, two-inch. A trunk diameter tree is a really great size to start uh, with. And then how big am I supposed to dig this hole and how deep am I supposed to plant this tree? So I think it's a good idea when you're planting a tree to see how, about how size the root ball is and then go about half, again, the diameter out. So about another radius point out uh, width. So you basically dig that hole about twice the width of your root ball. Loosen up the soil really nicely and then put it in. Depth, you want to make sure that your root flare, which is where the trunk comes down, it turns and goes into the roots, that flare there you want at ground height. And you don't want to overpile it full of mulch. So you want to keep that root flare right at level with the ground and then mulch kind of up to it but not over it. And then what about watering when we're planting this time of the year? 
this time of the year, it's you can probably get away with um, just maybe once or twice a week with a good, deep, slow watering. I recommend um, either getting a tree watering bag. They're called gator bags, which is great. You put it around the trunk of the tree. It hangs there. You just go fill it up, and it slowly drips out. Or you can use a five-gallon bucket. Drill a hole in the bottom, set it at the base of the tree, fill it up, let it drain, maybe move it around two or three places, give it 20 gallons each tree. That way you know how much you're actually putting on. But a good slow water uh, infrequently is the better way to get your tree to, to grow. A, li- a little bit of water every day doesn't do it any good. So there's three different ways that I know of to, to buy trees, and maybe there are more, but there's bare root, there's in a container, and there's bald and burlapped. Is there a better of those three, or does it is it case by case? How do I decide which one of those three or, or something else? I would say bare root is pretty difficult because you do have to keep the roots quite moist. Um, you have to get them get get the plant in the ground very quickly. You need the soil to be quite loose. You also need to then stake it, and there's a lot more care to bare root unless you're using a really tiny little tree. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not if you're not a I would say a professional arborist, I would say maybe avoid that. Container, uh, it can be fine, but the pitfalls of a container-grown plant is that their roots can be quite bound. I mean, I'm sure everyone's pulled a plant out of a plastic pot and seen how everything's circling around. Especially with trees, it's important that you break that up as best you can and spread the roots out because girdling roots, twisting roots in the end can kill your tree uh, pretty pretty easily. Um, and so that's where bald and burlap tends to be the best because the tree's grown in the field. You know, the roots are spread out. They come in with an elect, you know, a mechanical spade. They cut it out, cut, pops right out of the ground the way that it was. They wrap some burlap around it. You go put it in the ground. Um, in that case, usually they come with a metal cage around them. Not always, but sometimes you want to make sure you remove that metal cage. And then you cut that burlap away when you get it in the hole. Um, not, it doesn't have to be 100% away, but you want to get a lot of it off and then uh, backfill around it. And you mentioned root flare, and what I didn't realize, and I saw an arborist, uh, Davey Arborist, do this, was even if it does come from the nursery dug in Balden Burlap or even in the container, sometimes it's already planted too deep and there's dirt up. You've got to kind of excavate that gently away, right? That's right. Um, Typically for nursery grown plants, especially this happens with even bald and burlap. That's why you got to take that burlap off to see this. Um, They do plant them deep in the fields on purpose. Um, I don't particularly remember why, but they do. (laughs) Good nurseries will knock that extra soil off the top before they wrap it up. But it is good to make sure. Um, and, yeah, you sometimes you got to take an inch or two off the top of your root ball there just to, to get it down to the root flare. Geez, Eric, I saw one coming out of a container, and, and I, I'm not kidding you, half of that dirt <laughs> that was in that container had to be uh, kind of brushed away. Um, give me one of your favorite—we got like maybe a minute left. Give me one of your favorite trees to put in. Now, we all know right right tree, right place, but give me one of your favorites that's not planted that often. I'm sure I've asked you this a hundred times before. I, and I'll go back to my same answer. It's a black gum. Oh, yeah. Um, they're native. They have beautiful fall color. They are not used anywhere near enough. Instead of pin oaks, let's plant black gums. I saw a beautiful one out at uh, the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden, the biggest one I've ever seen. But, yeah, it's a great one. Eric, hang in there. We'll get back to you after the break. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 
855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. All right, still to come today with your Pratt Pack, uh, Frank Dentici will be here. Leftover ham recipes, the Coons Cooking Hour, Murdy Electric with Nan Cohen at 9. Baird, your money and you. Then two hours of the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show, all between now and 1 on KDKA. Good morning. Uh, because we've got uh, Eric Countryman from Davy Tree, that great brand. If you have any tree questions, you ought to pick up the phone now and give us a call, 866-391-1020. But we'll begin with Pat and, Scott Town- Pat and Scott Township, who's dealing with a dying plant. Pat, good morning. You're on the air with KDKA, Doug, and, of course, Eric. Go ahead. Good morning. First of all, uh, I called in about Pat Cassandra, but I wanted to comment on uh, his choice of tree, which we did have a black gum in our yard at one point, but was destroyed by a microburst. Sad mm. time. Yeah. Love the tree. Absolutely beautiful. But anyway, um, our Pat Cassandra, for some reason, which is an old plant, uh, has just decided to die this year. I was wondering, will it come back or have we lost it completely? Well, I think we, we just have to wait and see. Uh, we're seeing this all over, and it, it's 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 sporadic. You know, my Pachysandra, it looks a little beat, but not too bad. But I've been hearing from other people where, again, we had that minus 21 wind chill in December right before uh, Christmas, and th- mm-hmm. this is this is what's, what's happened. <laughs> and so in the case of Pachysandra, you know, in general, it's tough as nails. And, you know, it's been around forever in your property. I, I would wait and uh, just see what happens. If we do see new growth, um, the idea is give it a little bit of fertilizer and give it a little bit of help, and it should come back. You should be okay. I, I re- as far as Pakistan is concerned, I wouldn't worry. And like I talked before, you know, the some of the shrubs that I have would normally be blooming right now, but they took such a beating that I'm just glad that they're leafing out, and maybe I'll get some flowers later, but I'm doing the same thing, giving them a little bit of fertilizer. Now that things have warmed up, and we just got to wait and see. That's all we can do. I wish I had uh, a more definitive answer for you. All right, we're going to continue the conversation with Eric and, of course, uh, Doug right now. If you want to jump in here with a tree question, 866-391-1020. So, Eric, talk a little bit about that black gum. Uh, what is it that every time I talk to an arborist, that it's either that or sugar maple or or stewardia, but that that black gum comes up a lot. What is about what is it about that tree that you guys love? I think it is the fact that people just don't. It's not planted very often. Um, you know, they and I, and I for me, it's really the fall color. I think you know this area of the country, particularly, come that October November time, that's what you know that color is just brilliant, and it adds a kind of a purple to the the landscape it's also a tree that just at the moment you know which we have to say doesn't seem to have a whole lot of problems doesn't get a lot of doesn't get fungal diseases doesn't seem to be attacked by insects so it's a pretty much a plant and forget kind of tree it's got great branching structure and just a really nice form um this all the problems that plague other plants just don't seem to don't seem to happen to black gum coming out of such a mild winter what does that mean for our trees or is it just you don't think of it that way. Uh, You know, when I'm thinking, all all I'm hearing from people, and I'm trying to tell them, don't do it. They think because we had a mild winter and we've got this, you know, uh, it was a warm spring that they're going to plant earlier. But I'm telling people not to do that, just to follow the same kind of calendar that we've had. Is that the same for trees? So, uh, no. 
uh, and it, I actually think you can plant a tree at any time of the year, no matter what. It's just what you do with it afterwards. Mm-hmm. So if you plant in the dead of summer, you're going to have to water like crazy. If you plant in the dead of winter, you know, the ground's pretty solid. It's hard to maybe backfill it. But, um, but really, no, now's a great time. The question is, though, is w- right now with everything waking up and budding, and especially flowering trees like dogwoods, redbuds, um, if they're just starting to push leaves and they're cut out of the nursery and you bring them to your house, they may not open up well for your first year. So some of those flowering trees, I say, wait till the fall. Let them, let them mature in the field. Get them, they, they get cut out. Then you bring them home. You plant them. They go through the winter, and then they open up beautiful in the spring. All right. Great advice, Eric. And for more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy.com slash KDKA. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Now, next two weeks, your host is going to be Mrs. Know-It-All, as I'm going to be taking gardeners to Portugal. (laughs) Today, I will be at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse, 1 p.m., planting secrets uh, and giving away a bunch of cool new garden books. As always, I will answer your questions if you did not get through at DougOster.com. You can get all the information on my free online classes. I do them every Thursday. And as I said, I've opened up 10 seats for the second Tuscany trip in October. And, oh, man, I'm going to be stuck in Italy for 18 days. There's a trip with well, I'm going with nine, nine days, and then I'm going to meet you for that second trip at the airport for nine more days. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. That trip actually has also a, a optional Three days if you wanted to see Rome. If you've never been to Italy before and you wanted to see Rome, that would be the thing to do. So enjoy your garden today. And remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. I'll be in Wilmerding later tonight if anybody <laughs> wants to stop I'll by. be in Portugal next week. You'll be in Wilmerding. Okay. Do, do, doing karaoke. So, <laughs> hey, have fun. Be safe. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much. Frank Dentisi is here. Leftover ham. And I know Doug has never met a leftover ham that he I had like. some. I had some yesterday. <laughs> well, like you it. still got a half a whole half a ham left. You know how you can tell it's leftover ham in my household. My ankles are swollen. <laughs> I need some water. To yeah, get rid of this water. I know. Hey, have a good trip, Doug. Thanks. Stay tuned. News next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.